The Church Fathers teach us that every scripture passage has several layers of meaning. On the one hand, there is the literal meaning of any scriptural passage. This is basically what happened historically. If we look at the gospel today, the literal meaning is that Jesus performs an amazing miracle for a man with leprosy. Now, I'm sure that you've heard a lot about leprosy in previous homilies, so you've learned about how terrible leprosy actually was in the ancient world. It was really, really bad. You had this skin disease, if you were a leper, that slowly ate away at your flesh until you would eventually die a painful death. But it wasn't only the disease and the pain that was so bad, there was also the ostracization from the community, which was really, really bad. There was no cure for this, of course, and it was very, very contagious. And so you had to quarantine yourself. We heard about this in the first reading today. Lepers had to yell, unclean, unclean, if they approached any other person so that they would not give the leprosy to that other individual. Another reason that that ostracization from community was so bad is because it meant they couldn't go to the outer part of the temple to worship God and to pray. So there, there was this really terrible religious consequence of leprosy as well. So when this leper comes to Jesus with all of his suffering, you can just imagine how much it moved our Lord's heart and just how deeply he felt compassion for this poor man who was suffering in this horrible, horrible way. The leper comes to him in faith, saying, if you will it, you can make me clean. And Jesus responds, I do will it be made clean. And the leprosy left him. A beautiful, beautiful miracle. So that's what happens on the literal level of this passage. There's also a deeper spiritual meaning that we can glean too. The spiritual meaning is hidden behind what we read on the page. In a spiritual interpretation, we can see how everything physical or material is a sign of something spiritual. And so this leprosy, this terrible disease on the skin, can be a sign toward a disease in the soul. Just as leprosy would kill a person's body, there is something that can kill our souls, and that, of course, would be sin. This is an important passage for us to meditate on the week before Lent, because Lent is about approaching the Lord in our brokenness, recognizing that we are sinners, and begging the Lord for his mercy, knowing that if we do that, he will dispense his mercy upon us. He will put us back together. He will make us clean as he heals us of the wounds of our sin. So as we think about entering into Lent, I would encourage all of us to take some time and put together a game plan, if you will, for Lent. We don't want to wait until Ash Wednesday to think about what we're going to do for Lent. I guarantee you, the 49ers and the Chiefs did not put together the game plan this morning, right? They've been working on it for a couple weeks, if not months. So too, we need to take some time to prayerfully discern what the Lord is asking us to do this Lent. And as we do that, I think it would be helpful for all of us to consider ourselves as this leper in the gospel today who falls to his knees before Jesus and begs him for healing. That's why we do what we do during Lent. It is a sign that we want to fall to our knees before Jesus and beg him for healing. So how do we do this? Well, you know, there are three classic ways, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So I'm just going to say a word about 
each of those before we wrap up this homily. The first thing we do is we fall to our knees before the Lord in prayer. The hardest part about prayer is finding time to get it in. We all have a lot to do every single day. And because a lot of these activities and forms of work that we engage in seem to produce something, they pretend to be the most important thing in our lives. But of course, we know they're not the most important thing. They are secondary to what's primary, which is our union with God. By praying, we make a strong statement that all these things we're doing every day, as good as they are, are not of ultimate importance. They're going to come and go. There is one thing that is of ultimate importance, and that is our friendship with Jesus Christ. By taking time every day to pray, we are prioritizing God, and there's nothing more important than that. So how are you going to pray more during this Lent? Maybe you've been thinking, I really should commit to a weekly hour of adoration. Consider this Lent your invitation from God to sign up for that hour of adoration. Maybe you've been thinking about praying the daily rosary. This is a good time to inculcate that habit. Maybe you just really feel called to sacred scripture and you think, I need to spend more time meditating on the word of God every day. This is a good time to do that. Maybe it's daily mass. I was recently speaking to somebody who developed the habit of going to daily mass a couple years ago, and she told me, Father, I can't even imagine living each day without daily mass anymore. She's come so much to rely upon daily mass. Now, I know that for a lot of people, you can't do it because of work or if other family things or whatever is going on. But if you can make daily mass, you know, at St. Mary's, we have it at 6.15 from Tuesday to Friday, here 8 a.m. every day of the week. If you can make daily mass, I encourage you to do it. There is no better way to start our day than with the Eucharist. Remember that beautiful gospel passage when Jesus visits Martha and Mary. He visits Martha and Mary in Bethany. Martha, of course, is busy serving, serving the Lord, actually. Mary is sitting at his feet listening. We think that Martha should probably be uh, applauded for her generous service, but Jesus actually corrects her and says, Mary has chosen the better part as she sits at his feet listening to him. We all probably, including myself, need to take more time to rest with the Lord, to bask in his love for us, and to listen to him. So this Lent, let us fall to our knees before the Lord in prayer. Let us also fall to our knees before the Lord in making sacrifices for him, specifically in fasting. I think a lot of times Catholics hear about fasting, they read about fasting, and if the first sentiment that fills our hearts is fear, we think, no, how could I really do that? How could I go without something I've come to rely upon? I remember a priest in the seminary giving some good advice if anyone was afraid of fasting or afraid of making sacrifices. And he said, fasting is easy. All you have to do when it gets hard is think about Jesus hanging on the cross. I actually found that to be right. Because when you think about our Lord hanging on the cross, you think about how he has displayed his unconditional love for you. You think about how he has thought of your sins and how he has intentionally atoned for them on the cross. On the cross, we think about how much the Lord cares for us. And when we think about that, something within us sparks and we want to be generous with God in return. 
The reason we fast is not to show that we are tough. We do not white-knuckle it throughout Lent. Rather, we do this as a response to God, who is sacrificed for us on the cross, and we do this as a sign of our love for God. So when you're fasting and it gets hard, don't think, I just need to try harder. Think, Lord, I just want to love you more deeply, and that is why I am doing this. So let's think about some things from which we could fast. Our Lord tells us the only path to deeper union with him is through the cross. The greatest expression of love is through sacrifice. We want union with him. We want to love him. And if we're going to do that, we have to engage the battle and make some sacrifices for him. The third thing we do throughout Lent is we want to fall to our knees and open our arms and be generous. Almsgiving. You know, our Lord in the gospel today was moved with compassion for a man who was suffering. Think about how many people in your life you know are going through hard times or suffering in some way. We need to be moved with compassion for them. And like our Lord, we need to reach out and try to help them. One way we do this is by giving our time. It's also by giving our money. It's by reaching out and just loving people who are in need. So this Lent, how are you going to generously open your arms and help those who are in need? How are you going to generously open your arms and give back to God? We all need to engage in almsgiving. And you know, as I'm speaking about giving to God and opening our arms, I also have the image of just opening our lives to God. You know, what we grasp onto more than anything else is our future and our decisions and our life. This is also a form of almsgiving, releasing our grip and allowing the Lord to enter into every dimension of our lives. So this Lent, let us also be generous in falling to, the knee, to, falling to our knees and opening our hearts and giving back to God. So we got a couple days before Ash Wednesday. I encourage all of us to take some time and to really ask the Lord in prayer, Lord, what are you asking of me this Lent? What can I sacrifice for you? What can I give away to you? How can I spend more time with you? And when we do these things, let us make sure they come from our hearts and they are an expression of our love for Jesus Christ.